Welcome. This is season three of The Daily Marketer, where we've decided to do something a little special. Earlier this year, startup junkie and marketplace master Ty Wolf Jones, hey Ty, approached me and pitched us the idea of instead of interviewing founders and marketers, why don't we dive into the world of marketplaces, the VH1 behind the music of marketplaces, or what is the making of the sausage of a marketplace? Ty could bring the operations point of view, and I could bring the marketing point of view, and we could make some marketplace magic, or maybe a little more like marketplace mayhem. So join us for the series where we've spoken to over a dozen marketplace leaders and pioneers from Uber, Convoy, Bellhop, DoorDash, Rover, but also some rising stars and marketplaces from multiple countries, venture capitalists, and more. You're not going to want to miss an episode. But it also sounds like you would need a lot of the capability to listen in the middle of what each party is needing, right? What each side of your, or what are the publishers needing next, you know, and, and trying to be ahead of those trends, trying to find your own partner, a trackonomics or whatever that has that capability to bring, bring them as part of the fold. How do you guys do that? How do you stay in the middle, listen to these sides and watch the marketplace flex and know where to be, where to position yourself next, what features to build, where, where to go? How are you creating those feedback loops? I think that has to do with um, having an infrastructure to serve and service both si- all sides of the of the equation. Having people uh, on the ground uh, talking to and interacting with each of these actors in the marketplace. Um, so you have people who are very very actively involved on the brand side. We have publisher relationship people and publisher development people active on the publisher side taking in uh, requirements and understanding their needs. And you have people that are focused on business development and agency and channel partnerships that are listening to those integration points and different types of technologies to bring in the platform. You need all sides and you need tremendous scale to be able to mm-hmm. listen and balance. And I think you need development teams to be able to um, focus on those specific needs and then bring those needs together uh, into sort of a standard platform. And I think that's kind of where I, I think the you know the best kind of businesses are going to be able to have the listening posts by having humans in the mix that are, are are working very closely with these entities and then having technologists that are able to take that information in and be able to uh, to build uh, technologies that that streamline and remove friction from the process and are able to um, to make, when I say be successful, I guess that's a euphemism for sort of take out friction and and mm-hmm. get them to their their success as quickly as possible. Yeah, it, it's got to be interesting in this time of the, the creator economy, as they've been calling it this last year and a half, two years, three years, but really this last 18 months with the pandemic, how it exploded. Um, you have all of these creators who I'm I'm assuming need new things or are thinking about things differently um, than they were 18 months ago. Um, and you do need this kind of, you know, ear to the ground. You know, you need to be talking to these people and understanding what they're thinking about, where they want to go. Um, and then have those product management chops in the middle to build it, right? To, 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 to build it and, and, and launch something new and cool and that meets the need. Yeah, I mean, we have, for example, we purchased a company called Activate, which is an influencer network, which essentially is like a very specialized set of um, partnership tools for uh, influencers. So mm-hmm. and when I think about sort of the evolution of, of tools and marketplaces and needs, 
Um, the affiliate model like fits only a certain group of types of publishers. They, they, it, it's 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 a fairly broad template, but there are different use cases that come in. Uh, an influencer, for example, does not focus on monetization as necessarily as their primary like what they wake up in the morning to do, and they need tools. And they need to be able to work with brands and sure. find brands and be able to structure deals that are easy to structure without having to take out a red pen and write up a contract for everything. So what affiliate marketing and partner marketing does is it sort of structures an environment for, for different types of actors to play in. So that's why partner marketing, from my standpoint, is really exciting, is a great marketplace brings together all the different needs of these different actors and and create standardized tools for them to be able to interact and interoperably work together uh, regardless of their business model uh, the type of publisher they are if you're a brand your business model if your type of publisher your publisher type the type way you monetize we should be able to create standard links different ways to be able to track transactions through mobile and desktop and in mobile web and be able to help people form partnerships no matter what, no matter where they come from, no matter how they're formed. And so I think that is, back to what you're saying, what you need, you know, having a company like Activate that is really thinking about the influencer needs takes the larger topic of performance marketing and it brings it to this very specialized group mm -hmm. and then gives them the tools to operate in the performance world and, and brings them into the fold. And, 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 you know, maybe months to years from now, that becomes less, it becomes more like a very standard operating procedure is to work with an influencer. They know sure. where to find the brands, they know how to discover them, but then there's going to be that next group of right. monetization tools that you need to bring in. And I think it will constantly be evolving. The last thing I want to say about supply for yes. when we move to demand is I feel like there's this invisible elephant in the room of most marketplaces, which is most marketplaces suffer from a supply problem. And and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, when there is a supply shortage, like in the example of publishers, the two tools you mentioned that Impact has acquired, Activate and Trackonomics, they're, they're actually on the publisher side, they're on the supply side. And in some way you could say indirectly, it's to enable the ease of more supply to to do exactly what is partnerships to do par a form of partner marketing right you find that to be true that there's often a supply problem in that scenario doesn't it shift that that power dynamic to the suppliers to to the publishers i think we're in we're in that mode uh, as we speak so i think i think as i said like in affiliate and performance marketing there's this insatiable desire for more because the model is so darn attractive uh, you right. you get you get your sales and then you have to pay for your sales after you get your sales so if i'm a marketer and i can and i can make a sale before i have to pay for it i want you to get me more and more and more of that <laughs> right. but there aren't right. there, there aren't a million great giant publishers there's a lot of great a million great publishers but they're not all making the same dollars for you as that very large one that you already discovered so you need to uh, either crack into brand new types of publishers and different types of monetization. You need to find that supply. You need to create tools that create new supply and and enable a, a publisher to uh, monetize where they couldn't monetize before, so creating new supply. And you have to follow the trends of where, of new types of brands that are coming into the marketplace. Um, they need to find new supply that that isn't often available or very easy to find on their own. 
And so you're you're always looking for new supply. And then therefore, supply right now, especially in this very attractive business that we're in, is, is premium. The really great publishers, everybody wants to be on a really great publisher. Everybody wants their products featured on BuzzFeed or Wirecutter or Rakuten or, uh, you know, re- Retail Me Not. They want the front page on Black Friday for coupons or <laughs> you name it. That that those spaces are limited because mm-hmm. it's not it's 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 like an 80-20 kind of rule no matter where you go. But as you tap into some of these new worlds, you know, some of these more nascent worlds, um, you, you you're not there yet on that curve and you can start to open up new doors. I think content is really the big frontier right now where so like a blog, for example. Yeah, a blog or, or an art, any sort of article that mentions product. I mean, how how um, amazing would it be to be able to, uh, in a good sort of editorial way, to be able to provide value to your customers that to your readers that already read your stuff, trust you, mm-hmm. and um, and read read your articles because they believe in your point of view. If you could make money off that without necessarily um, losing authenticity. Mm-hmm. You would. And that's what's happening, I think, in many cases uh, where people who already have interests, really solid interests, really strong opinions on things, um, they they stand to gain by making money off of their opinions. Um, their, 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 their audience already trusts them. And so, you know, the idea of making money off that, I think it's, it's a living, right? You have to be able to fund these, these writers and it gives them an opportunity to do more and more. Um, and so blogs are, are one of those areas, articles, uh, you name it, turning uh, content into commerce is really one of the big areas that, that we're focused on these days. A blue ocean. Yeah. It so, is. So how do you, how, how does impact get more brands? How does it get more, I guess in this scenario, chickens, more demand? Well, they got to have great supply. And so in that case, uh, those that have already cornered the market on great supply or those that have specializations in certain types of supply will attract brands that are already looking for that supply or new supply. Um, And the tools um, themselves, um, getting access to high quality tools um, uh, and data and um, information about you know, how you do relative to others and and how you're doing next to the industry. I mean, all those things happen when you are managing an ecosystem, you're able to provide greater insight to those worlds. And so um, I think um, getting new brands uh, has a lot to do with having the single best publishers in your, in your, in your world, and then giving them great tools to find those publishers. Is there any paid marketing that happens to get new brands? Paid market. Oh, so you're saying, are, are we are we going out there on a demand gen side and getting yeah. new brands? I think you're always doing that. Um, you're always marketing to the brands. You're teaching them how to do uh, affiliate marketing because it's still not for everybody, and and there's plenty of space to say um, why. There's plenty of new entrants into the performance space that probably didn't think about it before. I mean, I think B2B has been one of the examples of types of 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 customers that realize that they're no, not very different in the digital world uh, selling subscriptions to their software as, uh, as, other, as, as a regular B2C play. It's, it feels very similar. So mm-hmm. affiliate model becomes more attractive to them now because of that. Yeah. On the B2B now, I, I think B2B companies talk themselves out of the opportunity because they say, oh, it's, you know, 
we can't use this to sell a $12,000 a year software. No way. It's like, well, actually, you can give it a chance. I mean, you talked about content marketing. The content marketing articles that could be layered over you know, a two-month period could be enough to get someone to make that $12,000 purchase, right? Absolutely. And so one of the things that I like to think about is, is sort of this concept of pre-selling, right? So I think of an, mm-hmm. an, an, a, a publisher as a pre-selling sort of agent for you, right? You go to a website, they break it down for you, or you go to a, a, an app that teaches you something about what you're trying to buy. And they break down a complicated topic, insurance or mortgages or whatever it may be. Now, they're not typically the most attractive, call it partner offers, like things that take a long time to transact, uh, unless there's a high value attached to the outcome of that of that product. And it's very hard to track exactly who is the last to click before somebody decided <laughs> yeah, to get a mortgage. Toughy. So I, I would say, you know, there are going to be limits to what sort of performance marketing is good at doing or where they really their sweet spots but i think that will change over time as as the technology evolves and as selling cycles or even the products themselves learn how to sell their products faster i think new products will come into the fold so you know doing a doing a mortgage these days doesn't take quite as long as, as it used to you right know, it's rocket and get it and go to rocket mortgage good plug for them and uh yeah and and get it in like 30 days. You can end to end get your mortgage, whereas it may have taken you a long time to research and transact. I think companies that can do that become very attractive. They all of a sudden realize new acquisition methods that they can use to bring people into their world. So I, I bet you, I uh, I'm sure Rocket Mortgage has like a great affiliate program um, because their their cycle times are a whole lot smaller, and that will sure. bring new players into the fold. Right? That will change business models on their side. And they're going to learn that performance marketing actually is a great way for perhaps to get people to buy mortgages. I mean, I, I pick on mortgages because that feels like a high consideration, sure. long-term sale. But there's there's plenty of those that I think pre-sellers help you break down. Um, the attribution problem is the issue, right? So if you're pre-selling someone on their first click and somebody comes in at the last minute and gives you a coupon on the last click, you may not want to spend your time pre-selling on that because uh, you you won't get credit for that if the model is the last click model. So right. I think a lot of that plays into attribution in my world, and I'm getting deep into the affiliate world. Yeah. Is this the type of features I you know you make me think of it? I you know give shameless plug Credit Karma. You know I think of a publisher like this that gets you in with a with a hook, right? Your credit, free credit report. And then you're on this content site basically for who knows how long, but because it's all on their site, they have the attribution, right? They've got that problem solved because they're the publisher. And then they sell you on a credit card months later after they've talked to you, after they've given you dozens of articles, your credit report a hundred times, all these things. Okay, not everybody can be credit karma, right? They're not everybody can do that and create that kind of content. So, are you saying there's room here for a for a almost like a marketplace tools company, like an impact that could almost create that pre-sale, that content walk from that first click through that whole pre-sale to that final purchase or or affiliate click through um, on the other end? Is there I mean, a suite of tools card- that does that for people. Credit Karma is a great example. They're they're a huge player in the performance space that that they already have discovered long ago that content and and performance marketing really work for them. And I think a a place like Impact 
and and I'm sure there's others in the in the industry, but Impact has tools that help you track your journey from first click to last. And we also have tools to help you commission. Uh, well, you could you could split your commission certain ways. Um, you wow. could split it across multiple partners. You can you can you can you can pretty much create a a contract electronically by any rule set you want to create by category, wow. yeah. um, by new customer versus recurring. Like you can dictate those terms in the tool. So we're set up to deal with almost any partnership you want, and and we also have the tools, and we have uh, we work with um, you know there are monetization tools that help you understand who are your who you know who are your best brands to sell from. So you can use tools, um, brands can use tools like Traconomics, for example, to understand the supply side as well as uh, anybody can use the brand uh, impact on the brand side, for example to look at how uh, their best publishers are. So everybody's got the tool set to do that. And so I feel like the tool sets are getting very sophisticated on all sides of the equation, on the agency side, the publisher side, and the brand side. And now the question becomes with all that intelligence, how do you bring it together? How do you help people find each other? And how do you not get in the way, right? How do you facilitate those relationships? Like I love LinkedIn. Because LinkedIn is a great example of a network marketplace model that does not get in your way. They, you can actually build your own network. You can actually um, use their services when you need to. Businesses can use their services when they need to. And you could be on any side of the equation, essentially, and be a consumer of LinkedIn. And they have, they amass, they aggregate the data, they provide Essentially, your reporting, you could see who's viewed your profile, how many times they've viewed your profile as a, as a yep. user. And on the, the brand side, sorry, on the, on the recruiter side, you could, yep. you could use all sorts of tools. So like that, to me, is a really great future model of, of how, how sort of businesses can think about both marketplaces and, and, and worlds that connect with technology. And uh, I think that's kind of a, personally, I'm speaking for myself here, I think that's a great model uh, for a yeah. future is to be able to provide them both the, the pipes and the ability to get access to those worlds as, as easily as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's super, super interesting. There's one last complex question I have in the back of my head. You, you added this earlier when you were talking about um, an influencer who is already strong, you know, has these strong opinions, uh, but wants to maintain this authenticity, right? And I think this is where you need a whole bunch of that demand. You need those brands out there. And then what what they stand for, you know, back to this, like I can monetize just to monetize, but then I could become, I risk becoming inauthentic, right? I'm just writing a blog post to make money as opposed to, to maintaining my audience by staying authentic, but it means I need to have access to lots of brands to make sure that 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 brand fits my message today, my opinion, my my comment, my whatever, my video I'm going to create, my vlog, you know, whatever it is, right? And it's interesting. You you need all of those brands just sitting there, poised, ready for this influencer to to pick and choose. It's a lot of complexity there. That seems like a lot of complexity there. There is, and I think it puts more pressure on the influencer themselves to make sure that they, uh, you know, they'll lose their audience if they start mm-hmm. to, right. to. I mean, I think that's the uh, that's the marketplace speaking, right? Is, yeah. is it's like it's like an efficient marketplace. You know, I learned that at, at University of Chicago. Like, it, it is going yeah. to happen 
it's keeping them honest. And so having access to lots of great brands is like a really important part if you're an influencer, because you want to pick the single best brands that you align with. And when you go off course, uh, the market will correct itself, right? And right. people will start thinking that you're a sellout or yep. they'll go yep. to another influence or read another magazine or decide that somebody's just a, you know, advertainment or, you know, they're not, they're not being true to what they're doing. But I think there's a, I think there's a good balance. You know, why not? Why, if you're going to be a spokesman for a company, you should, you know, at some point in time, it's okay to be paid for that because you're doing sure. a service for that brand, but you're not, that's not their single focus. And I think that that is what they have to first and foremost be themselves to their audience, their authentic self. And then I think that products that fit their, their brand, their brand, their brand um, yeah. are an opportunity for them to make a living beyond that yeah. and to be able to sustain their world. And that's I mean, a real partnership. You keep using that word. And I, I think it works really well there where you have one brand helping another brand and another brand willing to work with that brand because they align in some way, shape or form. And everybody's happy, right? It is a partnership of where we're, we're, we're sharing, sharing each other's influence at that point. Well, you're, you're, you're talking about something. I think that's really an interesting trend going on. And this is why I think partner marketing is honestly, this is why I spend so much time in this world. I think the, where, where it's going right now with the distrust of, of advertisement, banner blindness and, and cookie, cookie privacy, et cetera. Yeah. Right. There's, there's no better place to turn to for trusted opinions than people that you look up to or, 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 um, periodicals or, or content that you trust. And I think that that is inherently what the affiliate model in the partnership model is serving. It is basically helping those that uh, already are giving great advice and referring you to that, to these products and services. It's giving them a means to be able to, to show their value and uh, attributing those sales. And I think consumers are already there. They are already going to these sites and right. looking and, and getting their advice and reading the best of columns. And you know, even the Today Show has their, right. And, right. you know, you could, you could go watch it on TV and they'll be like, here's our best, best of today. They have their own website yep. dedicated to that. They monetize yep. that. They make money on that. So I think referral partnership marketing, how it's evolving, is in fact the future of advertising. And I think some of the old ways we're going to see, we're going to see some change. We're going to see some change. Mm-hmm. The the first party cookie mm-hmm. is going to force mm-hmm. people to want to work directly through um, partnerships they trust. Yeah, I I heard Dave, CEO of Impact, say today. He said, you know, there's going to be three avenues. It's not going to be just sales. Not going to be just marketing. It's going to be also partnerships. It's going to be one of the three-legged stools you could say of this is these are growth engines and and it's going to be on par with those two so i think it's gonna be bigger it's bigger it's gonna be bigger i think if you provide a platform for people to work together and the permutations of how they can work together are endless and the ways you can pay them or excite them and incentivize them are endless then there stands to stands reason that you can accommodate any use case for two different parties to work together i would think that that could be perhaps you know one day bigger than display advertising is today or whatever it may be or you know who knows i you know i'm not um, i'm not famous for you know i'm not the i'm not a futurist you're not an oracle i'm not an oracle but i i i've stuck with this business long enough to see yeah. you know it's been baking for so long this business it's been evolving sort of it started sort of slowly but i see the steam picking up and i think 
recently, you know, in times where people are pulling back advertising dollars, you know, with uh, the pandemic coming on, like they need to, with the pandemic uh, hitting, they, they need to spend their money wisely and they need to build it with trusted relationships. It's a great way to turn and not to profit off of a, a tragedy, but to say like, if you, people still need things and they need to turn to trusted relationships, this is the channel it's going to happen in. Baking like a baklava, nice, tasty, layered baklava. Maybe that works, maybe that doesn't. Brian, just a couple more questions before we go. But before we do that, ready for rapid mayhem questions? Oh, you know, the Yoda of affiliate marketing is a little old for <laughs> rapid, but I, I'll, go as fast as, I'll go as fast as I can. Okay, fast you are. Okay, all right, first one. What marketplace would you be? I mean, I already kind of gave it away, but I think I'd be LinkedIn because I am a connector. And I like and I like a, a a means to connect with as many people as I possibly can. Excellent. What's marketplace you like that is not so popular or well known? I don't know if I I don't know how I judge that, but I I, I like TaskRabbit as a marketplace. Now there's been some there's been some changes with the way that you buy their services, but sure. I'm a I'm not a handyman, and it has saved my life more times than I'd like to admit, uh, having somebody come in and, and do an odd job or be able to fix something in a pinch. There's, it's, it's so hard to find people like that, that marketplace right. is well served. Mm. And then you probably want to hold on to them too. It's like, well, I don't really need to go through Tesla rabbit to, to get this thing done again. Right. That is a topic that you could probably disintermediation. That's a great topic. And, and I'm guessing you have a lot of experience understanding that as well. From your days, days in the dog walking business. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I won't say a word about that. <laughs> Brian, what's a marketplace, your favorite marketplace that failed? <laughs> I don't want to answer that question. Okay. What's a no, marketplace? I don't want to answer that question because I, I don't understand how I can have a favorite marketplace that failed. Like, I don't, I, mm. I'm having trouble wrapping myself around why it would be a favorite marketplace. Like, is it favorite because it failed? Is it like my favorite thing? Like it, like it totally failed. should have existed. Like it's like, man, this should have been a knockout of the park, but it didn't work out. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the pass button on that one. Okay, all right. Can I do that? Yeah, of course, of course you can. Course. Yeah, hey, you, you can swear on the show too if you want. I, I, I will tell you this. Hey, I'll tell, <laughs> really? I didn't know that. I probably won't do it anyway, even if you told me to do that. Um, I will tell you one thing. This is favorite of my marketplace that failed for the reasons that it helped me learn something new, okay? Um, Cafe Press was a the first t-shirt sort of marketplace out there. Um, that are, are, are a company that created, you create your own t-shirt and sell it online. It was one of the first big ones to go into before a marketplace. Before Threadless. Before, right around the time of Threadless. It was one okay. of the first places that wanted to turn all the content of t-shirts into their own marketplace. But they did some very poor execution on making that happen, and they ended up alienating their entire supply side of the equation. They failed. Mm. They failed. And so mm. they're my favorite failure because I learned a lot going into my job at Teespring, where I learned how to how to be good to supply, how to create balance, and how to think about taking what is once a sort of a supply-driven business, that, that would be one of my answers, they were a supply-driven business, mm -hmm. and how we use those suppliers and uh, to grow into a marketplace that's successful for both of the supply and demand. So I like that as a failure. I'll call that my favorite. 
but not for the reasons that you have asked me for. How's that? Fair. I like it. Sounds like a great case study. There, there is a case Cafe study out press. there. Okay. There yeah. is a case study out there, actually. And, and, and I'll tell you what, um, it is a great lesson. I'm not going to just give you the T- TLDR here. Is it, it yeah. is a great lesson for if you don't start as a marketplace and you turn into a marketplace, you really have to think very carefully about the incentives and those that have helped build what is uh, sort of the supply sort of side or the demand side. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was a we studied that case study very carefully at Teespring because we wanted to learn exactly what not to do, and it was well documented. So that's my favorite failure. We'll include that in the show notes, that that case study. Right. And what's a marketplace that doesn't exist yet, but it totally should? All right. Well, this one, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, if I say it on the show and someone copies it, am I, am I, could I sue them for a uh, great we, idea? We, we can draft up a, an impact contract <laughs> with some automated terms on there. Oh, you're right. I couldn't even do it anyway, because I'm, I'm working for a corporation. Anything I invent under that uh, <laughs> is owned by that company. Um, here's a here's a great idea that I think needs to happen. Um, I, I like to think of a marketplace of dreams, right? So I, I have thought of an idea that I'm going to reveal to you on the show. It's called, uh, it's, it's a, like a bucket list. Out. Yeah. It's a, bu- it's a bucket. It's a bucket list, right? So I want to create a, it, I want to create a marketplace that catalogs my most amazing bucket list requests of turning coming of age of certain age or big milestone in your life or big things you want to do before x or y and i want to and i want to create a marketplace of some of some entities out there in the world that can find those bucket list items and fulfill them Ooh, and i want wow. them to i want them to be on a auction basis or a buy it now basis or a i want to take all the best things yeah. that i've learned in the world of uh sort of the eBay, ebay's of the world and the yeah yeah and the pinterest's of the world and be yeah. able to earmark stuff that i want to do across the digital media and i want someone to approach me with a way for me to fulfill those that's so what if, i want if i want to go deep sea diving with will smith like it'll just send the request to Will Smith or does the agent going to be like, boom, that's how much it's going to cost. Right. And then I can make it happen and then check that, check that off. I may be a long tail request that takes a long time to fulfill, but I think with a, the right ways to identify demands and the right ways to catalog those. I mean, I think Pinterest, right? You can pin yeah. things and create walls. And then the right way to signal to those that are interested in those types of activities. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there would be an opportunity. It would be not easy to build. But wouldn't that be cool if you could accomplish all the things you wanted to do before you died? Um, super cool. Through a marketplace. I think that would be cool. I think that would be the world's most com- cool. complex and brilliant way to... Uh, fulfill people's supply and demand wishes yeah yeah like make it. a wish watch out or brian you better watch out they might take your idea i think i'm i think your ex- expansive audience i could find that others are going to create this idea and i will have to thank you for that for that opportunity to be on the podcast for that very reason <laughs> so brian where can we find you and do you have any ask the audience before you go Look, I, I mean, I think, you know, if you, working at, at Impact, I mean, obviously, um, if you're interested in, in partnership, partner marketing, feel free to contact me. If, you, if you're interested on the, the supply side or the demand side, I could help you find 
the right parties at Impact. If you're an agency and you want to work at Impact, let me know. It's uh, brian.marcus at impact.com. If you have any questions about affiliate marketing and you want to talk about it, I'm happy to, uh, always happy to have a, a discussion on virtual coffee or what have you uh, to, to talk that through. But, you know, those are, and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I'm typically always hiring. So if you're actually interested in being in the world of partner marketing, you can feel free to let me know. And uh, we've got plenty of opportunities at Impact to, to come work for us. Beautiful. There was so many questions that we, we didn't get to ask. So, so maybe we'll do a, a part two sometime. I, I know network effects is one of those things. So Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show. And, and this is a really fun chat. I feel like you can't see me anymore. It's just got so dark. I'm like a voice in the darkness over here. Uh, you look, yes, you look like a person in witness protection, um, but it has been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure to talk to you and Ty. And, and as always, I'm always up for a part two if you really have the stomach for it. So feel free yeah. uh, no, I think to let me know. Great. I learned a ton. It was super fun talking with you, Brian. Thanks always. so much, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. What a phenomenal episode, huh, Ty? Yeah, that was great. And we really hope that you got as much out of it, listening to it as we did making it. Thank you for listening. Yes, I second that. Thank you. And don't forget, you can like and subscribe if you wish. We'd rather hear of your thoughts. So tell us what you think of the episode and leave a review, please. Mayhem on, Ty. Yeah, mayhem on, Jacob. 